Hello, Knights of the World Table. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 0. We're going to talk to the players in Season 6. We're going to find out what characters they are playing and find out a little bit about what's been going on with those characters and what might happen in their future. If you're interested in that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff, please enjoy. If not, in two weeks, we will be back with Season 6, Episode 1 to get this adventure started. We'll see you then. Knights of the Roll Table, we are back for Season 6, and we're doing Session 0 today. We've assembled our cast. This is Zach. I'm going to be Dungeon Master of Season 6. Um, wow. So let's go around and introduce yourself, and introduce uh, some of these introductions are surprise for cast members. So everybody, introduce yourself and who you will be playing in the beginning of Season 6. Hello, this is Chris. Uh, I will be playing... Gravely, the Woo-hoo! ranger slash Yay. new cleric. Ooh. Gravely is Ooh. back. Exciting. I'm Jen, and I will be playing Sarsa, the tiefling cleric. And Jen, has anything been going on in your life recently? I birthed a human. Yay! We were very relieved when she came out human that was <laughs> that was the goal and mission accomplished <laughs> hey, you never know these days but did what she take the ability score adjustment or did she take a feat uh <laughs> i mean having seen what's in her diapers i think she took a feat <laughs> uh, but no nah, she's i'm not gonna lie she's cute as hell Nice. She is. We've seen her on camera and in person. We hung out. We had a picnic. Yeah, her charisma stats are off off the charts. Yeah, you might hear her in the background, so we'll deal with that. Jeff. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Frank coming to you from the past when this was recorded, and I will be playing XX Bloody Heart, everybody's favorite, lovable, angsty teenage (laughs) rogue. Everybody's favorite bloody heart. This is the season we're going to get to the bottom of what he's all about. <laughs> and Carlos. Hey, I'm I'm Carlos Guzman. And uh, for this go around, I will be Tiburon, the fighter and uh, new wizard, as we'll Whoa. soon find out why. Whoa. Spoilers. <laughs> wow. I Got some multi-classing that. excitement going on. I've inspired people. And finally, Matt. All right. Hey, uh, hey, folks. This is Matt Messerman. I will be playing a branch from the smallest tree in the forest, a.k.a. Branch, the goblin druid. So Very we have good. all returning characters jumping in. They don't necessarily all know each other, but we'll have to actually think through that. Actually, I think these characters all have met briefly at one point or another unless it's Sarsa and XX Bloody Heart only like briefly intersected if they I don't think did, they but... have much overlap yeah yeah like they were on their way out as XX Bloody Heart came back through the portal in season three but 
otherwise there's a little bit of history at least between all of these characters so uh, we're mainly going to be talking about kind of like where each of these characters are and, and where at this moment that they join together for uh, a mission to be revealed in season in the episode one um, and just a little bit of like what we might want to encounter in season six. So of uh, what are you hoping to get out of season six? Anything come immediately to mind to, for anybody? Uh, I really one of the things that I really enjoyed about last season was um the number of challenges and scenarios that we had that weren't just completely like combat focused. Um, And like it was, we were still rolling and exploring and and doing things and having these interactions. Um, So like, obviously we're still like playing the game, but it wasn't all like turn-based, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really, I enjoyed that it kind of uh, forced some creative problem solving. And I, I love, I love stuff like that. So thanks, Chris. Yeah, Zach, you got big, big shoes to fill here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anything else that comes immediately to mind, either in the things we've done that you enjoy and want to keep doing, or things we haven't done in a while that you want some more of? Uh, uh, something, something from last season, and and do uh, do not take this as a criticism. I think last season was super fun, and we did uh, tons of adventure stuff. But when we initially got the map of the 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 city where where the adventure started, uh, because the map was Chris put so much effort into the map, and it was so detailed. I actually thought we were going to be spending a lot of time in that city, just like doing stuff, going to inns or. Um, meeting characters or sneaking around past guards sort of stuff. Uh, re- the the season took a completely different direction. Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Carlos, it, what, what, what listeners don't know, and it, a lot of people do know, is I like to spend a lot of time on things that have very little payoff. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's just my um, own OCD of like everything has to be planned. <laughs> Chris I mean, also opened season two with a similarly very detailed map of Emberbrook, which he yeah. almost immediately burned down. Yeah, burned to the ground. <laughs> at this point, about that, at least this city didn't burn down. I mean, that it's still there. We could go back and Salinas check. Wasn't there? Coach wasn't around. That's true. At but, this point, if Chris does show me a map, I'm going to assume, like, don't get attached to it. Don't read it. Don't look <laughs> yeah. at the areas. It's not going to happen. I'll work um, on a map. But, but yeah, I would say uh, d- d- don't don't uh, don't necessarily give us a map, but give us a nice city <laughs> to sort of hang out in between combat encounters. It doesn't need to be the same place necessarily, but I, I miss doing kind of like random city stuff. Agreed. Love a city. Random city stuff. That's I, how I uh, happened. as a DM now, a player, uh, <laughs> I threw in a lot of hints to the the library. <laughs> there is a library that exists in the world. Um, that uh, it's not the one in the floating city of Falcon Reach, but it's the other one. It's like the Knights Library, um, and I can look up the name of that in just a second, but. Um, I, I think that would be fun to uh, to visit that as like, oh, well, that, that information is at the library and um, just or just interesting uh, since we're getting to points where things are starting to connect and backstories are starting to like come forth and things are being revealed um, either organically or sort of hinted at or something like that. Um, I think it'd be fun to explore different ways of finding out things, whether it's like 
you know, mind visions or, you know, delving into the past with some sort of, I dare I say, I don't want to say time travel, but like other ways of finding out things from the back, maybe a flashback episode of 300 years ago, or I don't know. I just, I think that would be really fun just to be like, let's play completely different nights from a different bygone era. Um, and, and we use second edition rules or something like that. Oh, oh no. Oh yeah. I'm all in. Thacko. Thacko. Let's go. But no, no, I mean, not, not the Get rules. Get at your thing, slide but... rules. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, you know what I mean? Zach was just like, kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, I think well, I mean you from- lost me at second edition rules, but yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> about exploring that. the history, exploring the history of the knights. Because um, uh, what I what I was what kind of happened last season in unintentionally is that I realized that the knights as of season one is sort of a, a, a an underground thing, but it hasn't always been that way. It used to be a, a more defined noble organization and something happened that kind of made it go underground and dark um, and a little bit more grassroots. And, uh, but, but before it was these, these temples of old and these like structures and, and, you know, things like that. And they've, they've sort of had to build it back up from, from once greatness. Um, so I think there's an interesting past there of like, what, what, what was it used to be? And like, why did it have a falling out and that sort of thing? I, uh, I, I, in this season, I'd like to see three or four main character deaths that are permanent. That's just me. <laughs> Word. Let's start icing these these guys yeah. out. One remaining character. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think it, major sacrifices or permanent scars, so to speak, uh, it mm-hmm. would be interesting to deal with, whether it's like, I don't know, so, something that we have to now live with, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's deaths or missing things or or you know, somebody turns evil or, or uh, I don't know. I mean, something Ma- major consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I would like to see uh, just in general, I would like to catch up with, with knights that we've met and haven't seen in a while. Uh, just find, even if we don't see them in particular, maybe we find out what they did, maybe at the library, uh, just like what's mm-hmm. been going on catching up with knights that have been out of touch maybe like a library some sort of like library centric night i don't know i'm just throwing out ideas knights that live in libraries are interested in libraries have magic books i just uh, meant know, to go look it up <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think of that <laughs> our librarius season yet <laughs> every, every that was season episode two. is going to be in a different library that's, that's what the fans want <laughs> More reading books in on, their podcast. Books on books. Let's go back to the characters and talk about each of these old friends. So let's start with, uh, we'll go in the order we introduced ourselves. So Chris, you're playing Gravely. Hello. Yes. To recap, yes. like we met Gravely in episode one. Yes. Fought, he was got the kill shot on the fire lord, Charcandris. Mm-hmm. And uh, we rejoined him in season three almost died in season one with Sharkandris. I I barely survived that. But but yeah, we did get the kill shot, which is nice. In season three, we saw kind of like gravely stepping into his kind of a leadership role. That was a nice arc. Yeah. So I think in timeline of season six, like I think it's soon after, you know, pretty soon after season five with the one shot 
you know, in between. So kind of like there hasn't been a big gap of time, but most of these characters we haven't seen recently. So there is a gap of time in kind of the stories of these characters. So what do you feel like maybe Gravely's been up to since we saw him in Popolona and where, where kind of space is he at? Yeah, I think Gravely has done a lot of introspection. He's in a relationship uh, with someone from uh, Popolona <laughs> is his yes. old um, co-worker. It's it's just, you know, it's a good working relationship. They're they're very casual and not super serious, but just, you know, they're they're working together and she's very supportive of, of him. What was her name again? Farah. Yeah, she's a uh, she's Farah and she is a she, so the reason he got into in the one shot if you haven't listened to it, Gravely started becoming a cleric of the goddess Mistra, who is an uh kind of like the goddess of arcane magic because Farah follows Mistra as well. So, he was introduced by Farah to a priestess named Tulusia, who kind of made him a junior cleric, so since then he's kind of amped up some of his clerical abilities and it's helped him become more in touch with like not faith in in particularly but but more just like being a supportive person like being able to take care of people around him and he's always had a little bit of insecurities so i think this is as he learned to become a leader in season three and now more of a field leader and commander with the knights he's He's leading bible study (laughs) <laughs> no, no, not so much that, but he's able to build his confidence. And with the cleric ability, he's like, I'm going to be able to help people out. And I, I don't want to leave anybody behind and, and just, you know, taking on a little bit more of that leadership role with the, the Knights organization. And so, and Farah's being very supportive and, and he's, his home base, his home is in Popolona with her, but, but he's traveling a lot. So he doesn't see her as much. Uh, what kind of cleric is he? He's a, a cleric of the arcane domain. Nice. That's kind of where he's been. What do you kind of like conceptually, story-wise, sort of envision for Gravely? What are kind of Gravely's goal in life? What can you? What are kind of like possible, possible places Gravely might end up from a happy ending to a somewhere on the <laughs> spectrum from happily ever after to tragic, must be avenged uh-huh. <laughs> fates. Um, I think because he has always been, you know, ever since the beginning of season three, when uh, he was sort of found out he was fired Mm -hmm. (laughs) from, from his sort of place of belonging, which is this terrible organization that was a, you know, black ops, Amazon company sort of thing, (laughs) like, you know, sort of delivery system. It was just Amazon. (laughs) Uh, So after that, the Knights being with the Knights kind of gave him some purpose. And like, he was like, oh, I can actually do some good. And he's like, had some realization that there's people in the world that not just need to be saved, but also others that need to be stopped. So uh, taking that to heart and finding people that he cares about. So I think his main purpose is to inspire other Knights that are up and coming. And um, like, like, not necessarily recruit, but, but like people that have been brought up, he's like, I was once like you and I can help you out and I'm going to support you if you're in the field and um, kind of, you know, taking people under his very small wing, so to speak. And, uh, but also caring about, you know, his, his friends that he's had. I mean, he has close relationships with a lot of these folks, um, pretty much everybody that's in the group, probably to a certain extent, 
maybe not Sarsa as much, but you know, they mm-hmm. have met and, and I'd say probably since then, you know, Sarsa has been doing a lot of the uh, ferrying and, and traveling of people with her ship and everything. Probably we'll find out with Jen, but, but everybody else, like he, he feels very close knit. Like he, he only likes working with certain people. I think grave is a little bit picky about, about meeting others. So he's, uh, and I think he knows where soot is. I think he, he is, he has also kept tabs on where Soot is because he's the one person that kind of got through to him. So even though he might not um, volunteer that information, there there is that sort of like, I'm going to find out where you are, like kind of thing. That's that's a little secret that he's keeping to himself is is he's keeping an eye on Soot, who has a very powerful artifact <laughs> mm-hmm. that could potentially damage lots of things. Um and I think uh, sort of personally, he is, you know, we don't we haven't found out narratively about his family and, and um, you know, or so his last name or his last name or his real <laughs> name. Uh, so I think he uh, he is always kind of looking out for that, like where he came from. His, of course, the the uh, halflings that raised him, he knows that, but he doesn't know the the orcs that abandoned him. He's also looking for a really good cornbread recipe, zucchini cornbread. <laughs> it's um, nice. Farah really loves zucchini and he loves cucumber. And he says, well, I think I can find you a really good zucchini cornbread recipe. And um, so he's on the he's been looking out for kind of a, a fantastic cornbread recipe. Like zucchini bread that's like cornbread or zucchini and corn? Together? Zucchini and corn in a bread together gross nice (laughs) (laughs) could be amazing (laughs) all right could be amazing gravely would love it he's also been trying to challenge himself with getting better at puzzles like just doing puzzles because like a lot of the adventures are like oh there's puzzles involved so he's been like doing little like backyard agility tests on for himself <laughs> as a ranger. Like, 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 you know Sudokus. how you set up things in the back and well, not, yeah. I mean like mental Laid stuff on the ground, like, you know how, like you set up an agility course for dogs and he's uh-huh. very small. So like, um, you know, they, he's been getting a lot of like little, like I'm going to leap over this thing and I'm going to do this thing to kind of like, um, and I'm going to work in a feat of, you know, he, he has something where he's like a little bit more, uh, agile and adept, um, to move around and get through things and that sort of thing. So gravely is a CrossFit guy now. <laughs> uh, not so much CrossFit, but he's, he's really into parkour. Gotcha. There you go. Ninja warrior. Yeah. He made his own ninja warrior course. Uh, that's <laughs> a- so that's definitely some things to explore. Does anybody else have kind of like thoughts on things you would like to find out more about with gravely or any sort of like threads left un unwoven in his past stories? I just, I just want to see this relationship play out. My whole goal is to turn this podcast into a soap opera. So. Lots of gravely fair <laughs> moments. Uh, speaking of turning the podcast into a soap opera, where where did we leave off with Gravely's uh, mortal enemy that we ran into in the season three campaign? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Bashir, mm-hmm. the drow ranger. He left off. I think the last time we saw him, Zach, was he was mm-hmm. kind of hurt in the ship and a little bit delirious and and they got uh, the this was the first time the knights got one of the platinum syndicate coins mm-hmm. because he was like i'm gonna give it to him and then like as they went down in the ship when they came back out he was gone so um Bashir is still out there he was kind of a hired mercenary for 
um, for uh, for drop CEO. off, drop off. Yeah. But um, realized that he was a bad dude and then ended up leaving and like was kind of giving them some information. But he was also a little bit like drugged up, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it sounds like. So he's still out there. Um, I think gravely probably is like, if I see you, I'm going to I don't like you. But he also sort of lightened up on that a little bit. So I don't know. I don't know what will happen if, if we run into him. I have some other like other character. There, there's two other characters from his past that uh, I have that I can send to you just, you know, there's the um, the, the human ranger that worked for Dreadx that kind of showed him the rope. His name is Harrison. Um, and uh, he was kind of like a reluctant, grumpy, basically like Harrison Ford is is is, <laughs> uh, is, is uh, he was kind of like this grumpy, gruff, like, OK, I'm going to show you. And he, and he never really showed any kind of like enthusiasm or smiled at all. But he he showed him everything he knows about like being a ranger. And then one day he just vanished and like he just never came back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh, did I tell you about Javal Torg? I don't think so. So Javal Torg is another drow ranger. Um, who was basically the the one that trained Bashir. So he was another almost like formidable uh, legend in Dread X, but he was kind of became a um, almost like a, a an enemy of, of Dread X when he left. Uh, he always took the most dangerous job in Dread X, uh, the most dangerous deliveries that would always, you know, would like no one would want to take because they were in really dangerous places of the world. He had one glass eye. And he apparently one day just left Dreadex to start with its rival company, Bloodbox. Uh, he would even go so far as to send spies that worked for him to get hired by Dreadex undercover to learn secrets and gain clients. So he he left, and now he's apparently working for Bloodbox. But this was a legendary, other formidable ranger. Interesting. So they both have mentors. Bashir's out there. Bloodbox and Dreadex continue their competition, presumably. Maybe edged out by uh, Heaven's Breath. What, what was the name of the Amazon company? Heaven Sent? <laughs> what is Heaven it called? Sent. Yeah, Heaven Sent. Yeah. Heaven Sent, but it's S-E-N-T. Heaven Sent. I don't know. I don't want my fascination with, with delivery companies in fantasy rooms. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of... Guys, this is what our fans want. They want libraries <laughs> and delivery services. <laughs> Cor- That's corporate it. fantasy deliveries, which would be terribly <laughs> slow, by the way. Do you want yeah. Express? It'll be five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going for kind of like if Gravely <laughs> equals Harry Potter and Harrison is serious and Bashir is Draco, then Javal Torg is is Snape. <laughs> Interesting. He also had a lot of feelings when he saw uh, Lyra again. Mm-hmm. Complicated. He had a great relationship and he saw Lyra, who he had a big old crush on in season one and Seeing Lyra with some sort of manservant made him just question a lot of things. <laughs> I uh, I really need to hear this one shot. Like I, I feel so out of the loop. Like it feels like maternity leave just became compounded. Is it kind of like seeing your high school crush like all old and washed out? No, it's seeing your high school crush uh, still attractive and beautiful, but now with somebody else that he doesn't quite trust. Um. And 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 now he's questioning his current relationship. <laughs> oh, whoa! Yeah. Oh boy, I'm loving it. He still doesn't trust Lyra, like at all. 
That's a great foundation for a relationship. It is, yeah, that's just <laughs> It is a very unhealthy crush. <laughs> Let's move on to talk to Jen and Sarsa. Jen. Oh, my girl. Let's go through kind of Sarsa's history. She was in season two with Jarek, started in Emberbrook, was running this bar, doing a little bounty work on the side. City burned down, ended up saving the realm of Marcasia. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we touched base with her in season three. She briefly showed up in Popolona to rescue some folks in Giaca and then rushed off to rescue Jarek's dad from a prison. Daddy Dark Harbor. Daddy Dark Harbor. Ooh. And <laughs> um, season four. Sarsa was in season four on the rough half of season four. That was, I think, about the last time we saw her. So through the course of since then, since... um. The betrayal of the knights and the kind of epic conclusion, the battle at the end of season four. What do you feel like Sarsa's been up to? I mean, obviously, we just discussed. Uh, so Sarsa kind of just uh, had some personal stuff come up and, you know, had obviously had been doing some of the ferrying back and forth with the Crescent Squall, but um, then kind of abruptly has disappeared and... Uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to like talk about what we discussed or um, I think, can I just be vague well, I mean, about let's it? Cap it at that moment. So I think the notion that for a while she was using the Crescent Squall to like move around and bring a lot of knights to where they needed to be in different missions. So a lot of people probably got to know her like Chris kind of referenced. So you can talk about kind of like what would happen in that period. And then where we'll kind of stop the backstory is kind of like abruptly she disappeared. Yeah, I feel like for her, that was kind of like probably some of the happiest she's ever been because it was like she got to go around and, 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 you know, one of the things that I think Sarsa especially kind of struggles with is wanting like that kind of community and that, that sense of, you know, family. She's got some abandonment stuff going on. And like here, you know, she gets the freedom of, of travel, but like all of these people and they kind of like her, you know, cause she's helping them out. And, you know, that feeling of like, oh, I have a role here and I'm contributing and like I'm respected and, and, and then um, her situation kind of changed a little bit. And now she is very much rolling solo again. Mm-hmm. What do you see in Sarsa's future? The kind of range of options between... What would be a happy ending for her? What's the ending she envisions for herself and, you know, anything worse or better or anything in there? I think for her, like, she is so, I mean, it feels like her and Jarek is kind of like this, uh, they're like two halves of a whole a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think that that is something that, you know, she would want to gravitate towards, but it's kind of like, that's like the kind of relationship I don't think she fully lets herself have sometimes Mm -hmm. um and then as far as like other aspirations like she's never really been allowed to fully unleash and that's just me as a player because I have all these fun AOE like storm spells and we're always in these like cramped conditions or like the one time we were out on open water it was like I you know had this storm spell that I couldn't even use at that point. So like, I feel like she's kind of never really gotten to fully be unleashed and, and just kind of, uh, so I think for her, like getting to really play, play that part, 
I guess. And, uh, and I think that that kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like for this season, I would like to see a little bit more of her relationship with Saloon and how, what a, you know, she's not really your stereotypical devout anything, but um, Saloon is kind of a goddess of many hats. If you're familiar, if you, you know, look into what she's all about. So like, I think it'd be interesting Research to see. Saloon. Saloon's all over the place. Cause it's like, the moon, change, marriage, family, chaos, it's all over. Rice crops. It's like, so like, it's kind of these weird, uh, it's almost a walking contradiction, which I feel like Sarsa is under herself a little bit. So, mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe she'll stop drinking. Maybe she'll drink more. Probably <laughs> that one. Sarsa, <laughs> what would bring Sarsa to stop drinking would be a very interesting for <laughs> <line laughs> What would Sarsa be like if she stopped drinking? Uh-huh. Dead. <laughs> Miserable. Maybe she'd just be like reading all the time. Maybe she'd be in one of the libraries just like voraciously gathering up knowledge. That sounds like a really the most fun powerful sorceress in the whole land. <laughs> she replaced I'd... her like alcohol intake with like learning about magic and she'd know every spell and for sure, yeah. What if she's just but like that's... super happy? Mm. Like no, she's happen. she's blocked it away all this time, but then hey, as somebody who did give up alcohol for like a little over nine months, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no increase on my happiness. You heard that, kids. But also, this is a family <laughs> family sure friendly drink, podcast. <laughs> In moderation, and my daddy always better. told me he said, "Whatever you do, just do it on your own terms," and that applies to a lot <laughs> of things. So. An opportunity to really let loose with all of her powers. Exploring Saloon. I mean, her separation from Jarek definitely creates an opportunity to like, they are a pair, which the the kind of pair that they are is not fully defined even to them, I think. Like, it's for sure like they love each other and are connected, but like what that means is scary to both of them. And yeah. Yeah. So like her separated from that, just like being separated from like a real relationship where like you're usually always together. Like I feel like that gives her a unique opportunity to like look at herself and kind of explore who she is, what she wants. Well, and especially like a lot more fun to do AOE when you don't have somebody you care about standing right next to you. (laughs) Yeah. Tear it up. Yeah. So the notion that whatever Sarsa's future is, whatever like conclusion Sarsa had in her future, it has something to do with Jarek, I think is out there for sure. Or not. Maybe some tall, blonde haired, handsome feller shows up and makes a perfect, uh, was it creme brulee? And he's like, come away That still me. sounds like a pale imitation of Jarek. <laughs> All right. That's, that's if bizarre. you another guy because of his creme brulee, that's definitely because of Jarek. <laughs> Is uh, the opposite of Jarek is that's who it is. Is Daddy Derek in? Uh, is da- is Daddy Dark Harbor in a relationship? Shut up, Matt. Moving <laughs> on. All right. Well, <laughs> no, we're not because let's open it up. Any kind of thoughts about from everybody about Sarsa? Things you'd like to explore with her? Left uh, threads left unwoven. Uh, most of my questions would be Jarek related, but it seems uh, we're going to find all that out in the campaign. So don't want to press. Well, not necessarily, because, like, I'm not going to be, like, playing Jarek throughout the campaign, so 
What are your What are your questions about Sarsa and Jarek? Uh, Sarsa, can you make Zach play Jarek throughout the campaign over and over? <laughs> Carlos wants more of that. More Jarek. Sarsa Jarek comment. Jarek Jarek Jarek. Jarek only so that he'll have to do the the sword voice. <laughs> the what? The Javadriel. Jarek Darko. You're just a conduit for that. More Javadriel. Alrighty. Other other Sarsa related what we want to see, things to explore. I think you you started to touch on this, Jen, but I, I would be interested to see just sort of how Sarsa came about in the first place. Like like you said, <laughs> she's an unusual person for a cleric. It would be interesting to see some of her backstory, I guess. Beyond what we saw in like the Actually, did we even did we do a backstory like session? Yeah, it was on her ship with her captain. It was how her captain kind of left and she became the captain of the crew for a while. But certainly like how she fell in specifically with Saloon and her devotion is certainly. Yeah, because I think with that, she had already was already team Saloon. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so that that would be interesting to me. Any other Sarsa thoughts? I'll just throw out that in season five, we found out that her goddess Saloon was a direct competitor of the goddess of night, AKA Lolth, AKA Wolf. now um, possibly main antagonist, uh, Lady Aranye. Seems important. And, and Saloon is the one that's responsible for making the Luminite, which is uh, the material that they found in the episode with Kali, where they used that material with the, uh, with Bato, who is the artificer that made the device that allowed Maya to scry over and find who that person was. Lore drop. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to need you to send me a whole like page mm-hmm. of yeah, like I'm the threads you were trying to get in there that didn't happen. I want to go to my library. <laughs> <laughs> I want to explore the Luminite. <laughs> well, the Luminite already happened. I mean, like you, you guys did that. Uh, it, it's it out was... there. There it is. Yeah. Saloon's role in that. Yes, I think is is interesting to explore. Seems like it brings Sarsa to the forefront. Jeff. Playing hey. XX Bloody Heart. Tell us. So XX Bloody Heart, let's review the adventures of XX, which are complicated. Started in season one. Yes. Was all through season one and then got whisked yeah. away by Aranye. Didn't become a knight with the rest of them. Correct. Tooled around. Did some teleporting with the uh, XX did crew. Did some teleporting with the XX crew working for Aranye, who's recently been revealed as... A very, very bad person who's been uh, mm-hmm. creating mechani- mechanizations of the elites and for a long time, impersonating mm-hmm. mini gods. So that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Got um, sent to find dead Maya's uh, staff. Uh, met Carol, zipped all around to a bunch of things and ended up uh, bringing Maya back from the great tree at the center of all existence. Mm-hmm. Hung out in season three. Helped take out drop off. Uh, got turned into a coat rack after that. Yep, the, coat a, rack, the coat rack, the coat time. rack era. So a we significant need... <laughs> amount of uh, of time passed there as a coat rack. Yeah. XX Bloody Heart might be our like character that has participated in every season. I don't know if he he didn't participate in season two. I'm sure he was mentioned at some point, but he's touch based in all of them. In that we found all his stuff. In the Red Wizard's chest in season four, mm-hmm. nobody knew XX Bloody Heart, so it was chill for them. Then we found out that he had been turned into a quote rack by the Red Wizard. Season five mm-hmm. team freed him. He hung out a little bit, found the it, dead it vampire. Escaped as soon as danger happened in uh, 
kind of like the random yeah. homeless guy that was crashing <laughs> on the couch. And- yeah, he's just around. Not really a yeah. part of things, but like <laughs> occasionally mutters something important, goes and does a job. Yeah. Uh, and here we are. He was part of the heist uh, in the one shot. So uh, where do you kind of like yes. see XX Bloody? After all of those very strange adventures, <laughs> mm-hmm. where do you feel like XX Bloody Heart is out? There's a lot of emotional stuff in there. He's like hopped realms. He was a coat rack for a long time. Where is XX Bloody Heart? Well, you know, I got to say six seasons of this show and um, my first stupid joke of making this <laughs> character uh, has just kept happening. And I felt like I gave some off ramps for him to disappear, to put the joke to bed and uh, let it move on. But not going to happen, Jeff. This whole this okay, whole podcast is an intervention about you committing to bits. <laughs> Guys, I'm in. I will commit to the bit as long as you let me. You have to physically stop me. Yes, uh, that is a lot uh, to consider and a lot to think about. I will open it to the group. I generally play uh, this game pretty loosey-goosey and XX uh, doubly so. So I don't have a big plan of an arc or how I think his character should function or how his uh, ultimately will be resolved um, that I feel that he pulls in any one direction. So I, uh, I, I turn that over to the brain trust uh, to give guidance on uh, what that could be and, and where that could uh, go from here. Uh, I think a lot of it really so far, he's been a very young person. Mm-hmm. I think he's tried to f- hold on to some sort of identity his XX identity as twere his uh, teenage kind of identity as he uh, started venturing out into this world. And maybe some of this is starting to come back and maybe some things start to impact him more. And he, he starts to ground some more serious relationships with people uh, actually maybe connect and become friends or, open up to people in some sort of way might be a thing that he would have to do, but then I would have to perform that. And that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's awkward. I don't want to do that. Um, you just want to have more awkward romances with Chris's characters. Oh, that's the one thing I love to do. It's so good. <laughs> okay. If I, if I get to play a, a fetching goth female or something like that, that XX starts playing, <laughs> or maybe not, she's not even goth. It just, you know, she's incredibly <laughs> upper crust and, <laughs> British he's the elf. captain of the cheer team. He's, he's yeah. just like, uh, ha, ha, ha. I would love, I would love <laughs> oh. to see uh, XX like completely ch- try to change his demeanor to try to impress. <laughs> just like he just comes in wearing white in the suit. And, you know, Are we gonna go like full anymore. My Fair Lady this season? Because I'm in. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. He's just My he, Fair. He XX. just goes from rogue to like paladin. He he would be the person that would take a level in something and like fully commit to it just to spite. Okay. Okay. I seriously was looking at, uh, cause rogues, you know, rogues are, rogues are great. Um, <laughs> but kind of in this mid, like past level eight, there's kind of a, a dry spell till you start picking up some interesting things toward, you know, 17, 18, 19. And I was really considering maybe taking <laughs> level 11 or 12 in something else, but I couldn't find a way to do it. If if you're serious about this, I would take two levels of paladin. <laughs> I would. I, I was I was thinking I, I was thinking just fighter, but like maybe <laughs> but maybe but maybe fighter like because um, fighters have the you know some cool early abilities and like levels one and two, but 
but like a, a particularly kind of fighter, like like um, a dueler, a like d- cavalier duelist. or something. Like he's like, I'm gonna ride a, <laughs> like a, a certain type of steed or something like that. Like he's been, <laughs> yeah. knight in shining like armor, cavalier. <laughs> yeah, or, or something that's I don't know, just like something that's a little bit multi-class. Guys, I met this guy is... named Melbin, and he really inspired me. There you go. Yeah, fighter and rogue mesh very well as a multi-class, but paladin and rogue is the perfect comedic intervention for XX Bloody Heart for sure. He always tries to sound like Melvin. (laughs) 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 He's become a paladin for a girl, but Melvin was the only paladin around, so it's a Melvin Mm -hmm. style. From the throat. He starts off as a passive conquest paladin, but when he gets rejected, he becomes an oath of vengeance. That'd be pretty rad. Well, that's interesting. Oh, man. Any other XX related thoughts? I'd love to see some of, I mean, we, we had this backstory with the XX crew that all got decimated, but I think, yes, I, I think there's a, a rival gang in Tetrod, uh, seven or eight or Ooh. whatever, wherever he's from three. I think there's another, like, like the, um, WW gang or something like, you know, oh, like, no. there's yeah. some sort, I want to see like the rival faction that has taken over and the XX back in Tetrod is no longer in control. Um, and, and he has to like, I gotta go reclaim my turf. You know, it's like, like a street war kind of thing, like more street oh. level. I think it'd be fun to be like, Hey, I never ask favors, but, but I gotta, I gotta take a crew of knights back to Tetrod to, to try <laughs> reclaim to like, reclaim the streets. <laughs> yeah. And it, and, and, and it's this other group of people that, um, that maybe are another street gang of equally as absurd you know the ggs <laughs> Dang, the triple dubs or i don't know Three it doesn't have to be letters or whatever but it should just oh it's the trip dubs that's it that's my i like that it's that's it's my game more letters wwws so <laughs> oh, guys they got more letters what are we gonna do why didn't we think of that they're signed oh, the, the three w's are connected so their sign is just a squiggly line <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> XX Buddy Heart is such a fun character. We've had so much fun with, but like the underlying like core emotion of like who he is and what he's been through is like pretty powerful. Just the notion of like he's an or he's obviously got leadership qualities. He keeps finding himself as the like leader of the gang. He was like an orphan and fell in with the XX gang, and they all got killed and. He went and found these friends, kind of ran in with these friends in season one that he was connecting to. And then he got kind of yanked away. I think there's even kind of a notion of who he was really didn't say, like, definitely trustworthy knight, kind of like soot. Like, I don't know if we could really fully make him a knight. He doesn't ring. I mean, he mostly talks about stabbing people. So I think there probably was a sense of, like not quite night material yet. And he got yanked away and that's kind of continues this notion of like, I don't quite fit in, but he fell in with this awesome crew that almost worshiped him, but they were, he was working for a demon goddess. <laughs> then mm-hmm. came back to the nights and was made a night after Popolona. But that just really tells this narrative of like somebody who really wants to belong, but you know, a lot of uh, being left on base. Yeah, for sure. I think that's got to like kind of haunt him for sure. Hmm. But the levels of paladin will fix that. Yep, that's gonna it's gonna clean it all up. <laughs> Yet to be explored. What do you see in XX's future and his many alternate futures? 
Oh, good question. I don't know. I think he's such an undefined character. I think finding what the thing is that's going to either give him a win in something and um, drive him in some sort of direction might be, um, you know, the real determining thing. I think he's also ripe for making a sacrifice for the team or, you know, stepping up in some way that's very unexpected. Like we were saying, that has that permanent status to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't really think maybe, maybe four clubs. I want him to become the group's Gaina. <laughs> Just sage advice for everyone. Oh, Gainan? Ah, yes. Ah, Gainan, yes. whatever, you know, Gina. No, no. Do we need to cut this from the podcast? <laughs> I just Gain- like make Gain- a more from Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. Yes. Did I say it wrong? Yeah, you said Gaina. I don't think it was Gaina. Gainan. <laughs> There's an N at the end. But the part's important. You knew who I meant eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. I don't know. Until you said yeah, the I'll thing about sage like advice, that. it was a very different uh, image in my head of what was going on. <laughs> well, Interesting at least thoughts. that means my joke was funny. It just was poorly delivered. Mm-hmm. Hey, we've never let a delivery ruin a. You guys, a this is going to be our podcast. best season yet. Our library season yet. I'm Still open down. to the group. Any last thoughts about XX? Anything you want to see besides the turf war with the trip dubs or costume change? I just I think he uh, costume should get a chain wallet. Yeah, uh, heck yeah, chainmail wallet. This is going to be his his bondage phase. He's going to ditch the the cloaks and just be in like... A costume change would would be really interesting. What would inspire XX? Much like what would inspire Sarsa to stop drinking, what would inspire XX to be a different... Wear different clothes? The the relationship, like if he he met someone, uh, a girl or a guy. I feel like there's a lot of relationships this season, like... Mm. You're getting your wish, Jen. Love in the library. So much love is in the air. Well, you know they they gotta have something to fight for. I mean, it's it's noble when you're like, I'm gonna fight for the land. But when you actually have other characters that you're like, I want to fight for the future of us being together. It's it's mm-hmm. like good raising the stakes. That's that's kind of a yeah. And and for anything, I think I was gonna say too because XX and Gravely have been together since the first you know season since coach and Maya are kind of off doing their thing and whatever. So I think just, I think they might have an interesting kind of almost um, relationship, you know, going back. Uh, I'd, I'd love to explore that in some way, you know, ha- having like maybe gravely is somebody that he can actually open up to and, or vice versa. Definitely having those two characters that have had some history be interesting to explore. Maybe XX has been carrying a, a torch for, gravely this whole time that would that would throw things up in the air a literal literal torch a lot of outs for the gravely and farah <laughs> relationship if it doesn't work Gra- out gravely is a very small person so he he probably would have given his uh torch supplies to somebody taller like xx <laughs> like you yeah, know how sometimes li- like, literally carrying you know how sometimes you don't realize you like somebody until you see them with somebody else mm-hmm yeah. What if Gravely is like the nexus point for the soap opera of all the night's like romance interventions? When, it's all when I made Gravely, I did not <laughs> intend for him to be a, uh, a romantic conduit of, of any kind. That I knew from the first time he crunched king. a carrot, I knew Gravely was going to be. Tiburon, however, forever. Tiburon is a very attractive man. Yeah, let's talk about Tiburon. Carlos playing Tiburon. We met in season three, his first mate and Honey Miss Crew. Tiburon, rescued yeah. 
uh, wrote a shark rescuing Popolona or a Giaca in the realm of Popoloma, joined the team to take out Dropoff, was presumably made a night after that, although it was a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end of season three. Well, it was a cliffhanger at the end of season three, so we didn't really see who became a knight and what happened to people. So we've since learned that he is kind of hanging out with the knights, uh, but not much else. So, Carlos, what do you what do you think has been going on with Tiburon? Uh, well, to start, I think to your point, Zach, I don't think he did become a knight at first. I think he mm-hmm. went back to the Bastion and to Honeymist and kind of put the, the, the adventure sort of like in the back of his head. Um, but maybe after a couple months out at sea with the crew was, was sort of feeling the, the, the call to adventure was sort of feeling like maybe the crew that he had been a part of just didn't feel like his crew anymore so to speak Mm -hmm. you know sort of that bubble had been punctured a bit sort of when you're when you have your head down for so long and are focused in 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 your endeavor which as first mate is essentially like running a ship managing a lot of people keeping things running and and once that bubble got popped with the um adventures um that that Tiverun participated in i think it wasn't long before he uh i, I don't think pirates put in two weeks notice <laughs> but he probably <laughs> let captain honeymiss know that he would be he would be moving on at which point he uh got back back in contact with the knights and got himself officially inducted um in into the nights. So that's interesting. Like Chris and Jen and Jeff, I think I'll I defer to you because I feel like you probably would have in that kind of like aftermath of Giaka probably would have offered to induct him. So do you think Tiburon said like, no at that moment? Yeah, I think gravely would have, <clears throat> would have definitely said, Hey, you've earned it. Like you helped save this town and, uh, and, and probably offered and, and this, at least initially. And then he was like, I'm good, you know, <laughs> just like left. So I, I think Gravely would have kept it on the table. I mean, Carlos, I think that's questions for you. You feel like Tiburon, like having been, if you were offered the knighthood and kind of like they kind of started the ceremony with you, you think Tiburon's reaction was like, oh, no, no, thanks. I think Tiburon would have been a little, a little intimidated and felt like he had other responsibilities, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so it's sort of like loyalty and feeling that he would be leaving his crew in the lurch sort of took precedent in that moment. And he probably quietly stepped aside with, with some of the group and just let him know, like, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off. Thank you for the offer. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see each other when we see each other, but I need, Mm -hmm. I need to get back to what I was doing with my life. Um, so to speak, but, but then after being with it for some time, you know, he still has his little ship in a bottle with peppermint sails. Uh, <laughs> that would always remind him of of the old crew. And after some time, I I think he would he would actually end up um, heading back to to the knights and sort of seeing maybe this is my new crew. Maybe this is uh, uh, the new thing that I'm into. And that that sort of curiosity and that sort of breaking of the bubble also is what led him down the road of. Picking, picking up some spells, um, trying trying his hand at uh, having a spell book as a wizard. I don't think there was probably like a particular magic wielder that he like looked up to and was more just generally impressed with people having the ability to wield magic, um, both on you know the the side of good and on the side of bad. And so at some point he just um, 
he started diving into the books and then started seeing if he could uh if he himself could could uh do some of that which now it seems he can a little bit oh i i I secretly hope it was biscuit (laughs) (laughs) it might have been biscuit probably, probably was probably like Hey, I got this great starter book of wizard spells. You want to start about that? Let's get, let, let, let me, let, here, read over this. Let me know which ones you like. We'll, I'll come back and we'll do a, we'll do a teleconference and over a sending stone and, and I'll help you. <laughs> One shot, Tiburon and Biscuit in the library learning wizard spells. Let's do it. Oh, Let's well, you know how Biscuit's, yet. Biscuit's side story is, um, this is almost why I brought Biscuit back because Biscuit had his own little like, I'm going to find right? all these wizards. Right. He has <laughs> his list. So I think he found out the location in his research doing with stuff with the knights, but he found out the location of one probably in the ocean somewhere, like on the island. And he's like, oh, I, I know this guy. You know, like I, he's like asking around. He's like, and he found Tiburon was like somebody in the knights. And he's like, hey, can I charter you to? <laughs> take take me out to this place to find this wizard and they probably had like a little side adventure one shot one shot <laughs> for it i'm totally Very into for that. it that'd be great tiburon learns his first spell yes uh i think on those lines i i um back to gravely a little bit but like i think gravely the one shot ended with like gravely kind of like talking to lyra and xander about like could they maybe join the knights and the notion was like they're clearly not knight material but like that speaks to me as a little bit of a kind of like a bit of a character flaw in gravely and wanting to like mentor everybody that like <laughs> he's a person who probably probably shouldn't have the ability to induct people into the knights because he's like very willing to see the best in everybody and doesn't necessarily make the best choices oh, yeah it's a little sure. bit of a different path than like it's really through people exactly like Gravely that people could like sneak into the nights and have the whole like season four <laughs> debacle. So that's an interesting kind of thing that's out there in terms of he really he really wants it to work with everybody. He wants to be friendly. He wants to see the best. So uh, Tiburon, like future of Tiburon, what do you see? What's the range of outcomes for Tiburon? I think part of it is sort of because he's probably flitted around with a bunch of different knights since coming back, since in essence, mm-hmm. like, that group didn't stay together from season three. People sort of went off in their own directions and and started having their, their own adventures with um, different crews. Um, so so probably in coming back, you know, there's there's a, there was a little bit of a, a, a pang of, like, missing out. But he would flit around, like, a bunch of different knights and meet a bunch of different people. But maybe no, none of those groups have felt the same. So, so maybe this season will be about Tiburon see, seeing if, like, this group feels like the one that can, can sort of, like... Make make him feel at home again, like in a group of people. His true crew, mm-hmm. the true crew, the true crew. Or or if maybe the conclusion is that he needs to let go of that part of himself that desires a true crew and embrace sort of the the multifacetedness mm-hmm. of the entirety of the knights and essentially become uh, a dirty communist um, and be all about his fellow travelers. And, and I feel like he on. and Sarsa need to like have some, some drizzings together. Mm-hmm. They already did. <laughs> I feel like those so two haven't the like, that's, that like, is true. They, they need more FaceTime. I feel. Yeah, that is, that's, that is a pairing that could be interesting. 
We already did the uh, what was it? The limoncello. Yep. Down for round two of that for sure. Maybe maybe that was a relationship that like a a, a one off relationship that happened and they just never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And then Jarek finds out, and then Jarek and Tiburon <laughs> got the fight, and Jarek's sword talks at length, gives like a big monologue for about an hour. Hey, we were on a break. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, there's a, there's a celebration. They saved a the town together, and, you know. Things got crazy. Well, Sarsa wasn't, Sarsa wasn't there, but she mm-hmm. might have come back for the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> well, on, I mean, on that note that Carlos brought up, I mean, like, during season five, it did bring up this like there were different factions of knights going off and also in season four too in a, in a certain sense there were these different small groups of knights that were taking care of all these other elites that were all over right i mean it wasn't just it wasn't just the season five crew that was globe trotting it was there were other ones that got you know that that were uh taking care of smaller and bigger and things like that all of the world. So I think where we're ending up in the bigger end game is there, are, there are less and less elites, but the ones that are left are the ones that have been amassing power by eliminating other elites or because the Knights have gotten stuff, the, the elites have sort of absorbed, you know, it's like Highlander. It's like, there can be only one at the end. Right. I, I, I think Tiburon would definitely like fall in into that, you know, like, yeah, I'll help out, you know, kind of thing. And, I'm I'm secretly hoping for more um, interaction with aquatic life, <laughs> of, of riding things and or or just animals in general. I think that was just such a fun moment. But. Is Tiburon our Aquaman? Yeah, t- Tiburon will handle the, uh, the, yeah, the water animals and uh, Branch will handle like the other orange animals. and green spandex. I see Branch calling forth something and Tiburon like riding it with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. Or Branch becoming something because he can turn into an animal. And then they just have this like, you know, fastball special thing like Wolverine and, and Colossus. And it's like, let's do this thing that we practiced. You know, and then I can be Branch a giant walrus like, now. You can ride a giant a walrus. walrus. Yeah, the walrus, baby. Known for their speed. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of its moves is like body flop or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Formidable. I don't know if that's the. Uh, I mean, maybe that's it is. Pokemon level nonsense. <laughs> oh, it was something as ridiculous as that. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts from the group on things you'd like to explore with Tiburon? He's our most unexplored character, kind of bringing back. He's that's true. Only saw him for even part of season three in a one shot. So, any thoughts about Tiburon? What we want to see? I just like want Costume more change. of him. You know, like I, I, yeah. Yeah, you do. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, I feel like I feel like I like I want to push him more like into the spotlight, you know. Mm-hmm. I am definitely interested in exploring Tiburon as wizard. Like I just think that dynamic is really interesting. I I am very <laughs> I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I I hope it lives up to your expectations. Costume change. <laughs> also costume change. Cod piece. Cod piece all the time now. Uh huh. I'm thinking very like redraw all the characters. I, I'm I'm really going to. I barely got to draw new characters from season five, and I'm already <laughs> committing myself to redraw uh, everybody in new outfits and new haircuts and everything. Like that. <laughs> Souped up versions. What what can... does Sarsa look like now? What's her? Does she have like short hair or, or like a shaved side head or? Ooh, or, I miss my new tattoos. Cut. 
She's pink. <laughs> pink. No, I do like the idea of like maybe let's give her an undercut. That'd be fun. Um, okay. <laughs> she's probably going like because before she had very kind of piratey like coat mm-hmm. and stuff, but now she's kind of going incognito. So I see her in like more like traveler wear that's a little more generic. Um, still showing off the guns because it's her. Yeah. But like I see her in like a brown, like think Princess Leia on Endor. That's kind of what I see. Gotcha. Yeah. Travel. She's in travel, travel vest. wear. Utility vest. <laughs> yeah. But like, but also like kind of like, ooh, utility vest. Yeah. Dope. Wait, <laughs> like fun. Rebel Alliance Endor with the helmet or like Ewok Endor with the pretty dress? No, more. I Well, with, she, obviously she doesn't have a helmet, but like, you know, that little like camo cape thing that she's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine her Uniform something Endor. like that. Like yeah. she's yeah. as much as like, you know, a bright red haired tiefling can blend in. Right. Uh, she's she's definitely more lying low and like probably in earth tones because she's not. Even though she is frequenting the occasional inn, she's definitely more like off the beaten path. I'm going to give XX some bright white gleaming armor. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I'm updating the character sheet now. Wait for it's it. yep. basically going to be Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe it's gold or you know, just something like that. It's just light, light pink salmon. Something really colors. tacky is what I, is what I <laughs> yes. see. Man. XX gleaming valor. Like, like blue and orange. Yeah, like like a powder blue tux, like that kind of thing. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. Frills. <laughs> yeah. Branch. Yeah, Matt. Let's talk about Branch. Yeah. Branch we met in season three, <laughs> stranded on the island, rescued him, re-stranded him on the island for a little bit, which woke up into a giant turtle god level beast, and uh, he rejoined for the finale. Then he was all throughout season four with the Jarek Sarsa Delith Carver crew. So where's Branch at today? Um, he's. I think what he's probably would have been up to is looking after. Let me put that in a different way. I think the reason that Branch wanted to join up with the Knights in the first place is sort of twofold. I think one, he uh, was a little lonely. Uh, <laughs> as much of an introvert as he is, I think getting to see like these people and like, they were actually nice to him. Like gravely was, was nice. I remember Um, in particular, like I think that kind of thing drew him to it. So he wants to, so he's been hanging out with folks, but I think also he, you know, is clearly drawn to nature. So I'm, I'm thinking he's probably joining up with some of the other naturey knights, Theo, Melvin, whoever, and like putting together like a nature preserve type thing or something <laughs> like trying doing more of the like focusing on like Wait, saving ooh, the animals. Ooh, one shot nature nights. Nature nights. Mm. Love it. But I, I definitely see him. Save the endangered walrus. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying to create just like a nature preserve and everything yeah. goes wrong. Yeah. We we bought a zoo. Or they're like trying to, they're collecting monstrosities. <laughs> They've gone through and con- convinced knights on their various adventures not to kill that hideous monster. And they're trying to create the nature preserve to keep them happy. Done and done. Definitely trying to make sure that he sees all of the different uh, up to CR four beasts so that he can <laughs> um, become them. Yeah. Let, let's go find some dinosaurs, guys. Uh, uh, not quite. Not that big. Smaller. Smaller than yeah. that. Yes. This one. 
Perfect. I'm just going to stare at this one for a while. Yeah. I think if, if there were some sort of consequences to nature by one or more of the elites, right? Like if, if some of their nefarious schemes ended up impacting that, I see him having been drawn to that kind of thing. Maybe even with Tiburon, if uh, Tiburon, if they were going after sea creatures, right? Like I could see, I could see some things going on there. Maybe he ran into Sarsa in the woods, uh, whatever. But I, I, that, that's sort of like what I think he's been up to is that general stuff. Uh, I think he's been getting, he's been interacting with humans more. It probably recognizes that there's more than one species of non-goblin uh, out Interesting. there. He did start to stop speaking like that in the last couple of appearances he's shown up in. More by accident, but I was like, hey, maybe that's just something that's happened to him. Um, but he's definitely still got that being drawn back towards nature. So he's got that dichotomy of like, I want to be with people, but uh, leave me alone. So he's coming along. I think that's an interesting kind of fun angle. The notion that he's coming along, getting to know civilization a little bit more, recognizing there's variations of human. I think the notion of Branch actually trying to fit in a little bit and trying to make waves is probably there's fun there. If he's trying to make small talk and things. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how about the trees? They, uh, trees are neat. <laughs> Uh, if you want a costume change, then maybe he's dressing more like a person and less like a wood hermit. Um, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. That's about all the thought I put into like what he's been up to. I have some ideas about what he might get up to or what some things might be interesting that he could do. Sure. What might he get up to? I think the the main thing I would be most interested in seeing him like have to deal with is other goblins. We got a little bit of that with the goblin ship at the end of season three. I think whichever one Soot ended up with was that. Mm-hmm. But that was him. Oh, no. That was that was a Soot, right? Yeah, but I think I think I I think Branch saw it. I don't think he necessarily interacted with oh, it. But yeah. I was like, that could have been mm-hmm. interesting to see. They dropped him off. Yeah, and and then your flashback too. Yes. So like epic flashback. Yeah, interacting more with other goblins, um, mm-hmm. either like normal goblins, right? Like maybe even the the crew he used to, you know, his old tribe that kicked him out. Or maybe there's some like-minded goblins out there that aren't like your typical goblins. And maybe he gets to meet up with those and find some like, yeah. like-minded like folk. I don't know. I mean, there's also goblins also run in, in the, the tiered circles if we're going with lore or we don't have to. But like there's hobgoblins, which are more military, which we haven't really had any. Yep. We've only had one character that's a hobgoblin, which is in the one shot in the prison. Mm-hmm. who was like a mercenary for... <laughs> Actually, for Nars and Drell, believe it or not, uh, what he was, he was a and everybody re-listen to Demon Spun right now, and also uh-huh. Branches' uh, bio episode because it's amazing. <laughs> and and also bugbears are goblinoids, and we've had some bugbears in season two. Yeah, I definitely see there being some interesting stuff for him there, like how he would react, especially as he's become more uh, integrated into like a society that's not goblin. Like he left them to go be like off in the woods by himself. And now he's hanging out with humans and, you know, (laughs) that would be interesting to see how he interacts. I'm hearing we need more cooking competitions. Yes, (laughs) I think there's a a goblin or a a higher goblin lord. That's that's an elite um, that I think would be really interesting to to try to use branch as an in to infiltrate the knights or like make some sort of truce or, or something like that. But. I think it'd be interesting to see like goblins are usually very high, uh, low level uh, enemies. And I, I think like a higher level goblinoid 
you know, Goblin King or Goblin Shaman or something like that would be really interesting to be like, oh, this this goblin is very powerful with nature and maybe I do want to join this goblin thing or something. But yeah, Ooh, dark side. I think it, yeah. That's about as much thought as I've given to it. Um, I'm open to ideas. Uh, I like a lot of the stuff Chris just said. Costume chain. Little suit. <laughs> he just wears a little tie. It's only like two inches yeah. long because he's got his belt really high. Or branch, what Branch would put on trying to blend in instead of just like covering himself up with the hood, trying to actually look like, blend in with society is definitely like, I want to explore that. Shoes. Uh, I think that Branch and XX will make an unlikely pair, but um, maybe, hmm. uh, maybe there'll be more of a connection there than XX will expect because... Uh, Ooh. You know, you know, maybe there's there's a little a little more similarities there than we uh, think at first blush. Some loners. Wow. I, I think I would love to see uh, Branch have some sort of um, well, two things uh, it, in because of because of Gravely and they're both small and green and <laughs> and, you know, um, kind of a a species that uh, is often like, Ugh. you know, I think it'd be funny to just be like, we're going to, we're going to own it and have a night on the town. Always <laughs> the, <a> night <laughs> yeah. The, the small brothers or whatever. And like, like we're just, we'll be fine. Like the, the three humanoids that are taller and good looking are going to hang out together. And we're like, well, uh, it's only for humanoids, not yeah. for goblins. And no humans. And stuff. So we're like, we're, we're dive gonna, bars and yeah, we're going to go to like a small people club or, or bar or something like that. Yeah. It's That's... only goblins and orcs and yeah. and halflings. Yeah, the ceiling it's very is six small. foot up. There, there's our... and that and that's where we run into Yenny because she happens to be there. And then like, sure. all the small folks hanging out. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that Branch definitely yeah. felt an affinity. Small folks <laughs> drinking, eating. I, I know that Branch definitely had Egg an affinity yolks. for. Uh, felt an affinity for for gravely for exactly the reasons that you mentioned. So. That uh, that would be interesting to see them interact more as well. I would like it. Um, I also just for some reason, I, I see branch. I love the idea of small druids having a big familiar or a big like um, companion animal. And because he had a dragon turtle, I just th- see, you know, see him having as like either a, a conjured <laughs> animal that's like bear or bigger. rhino or hippo or or owl bear or something like that not but or or something that's like he either he can turn into it or he has it or it comes up every once in a while it's just like this huge whatever like don't mess with me animal i like I, I would love if he had like a familiar uh that that uh, just an animal familiar that hung out of rebecca but you know more that would definitely be cool uh, i do have I, I think with his new spells he does have some more conjuration uh, things that he can do so it could be some fun things there i'm oh, gonna make gosh. zach's life difficult just conjure everything <laughs> look we i think we look with theo played out the conjuration card uh, <laughs> it, it was it was fun <laughs> done nope end I've of conjuration no more three and four and five and six that just means you have to beef up the the big bad evil guys just to yes like, it's the big baddie and also 17 of his friends. Bring it. Bring your giant weasels and frogs. 
I mean, we just turned Dungeons and Dragons into a real-time strategy game. It's just Pokemon. <laughs> the notion of like having all these conjuration spells and like using them out of combat just for friends. <laughs> yeah. Just like calling up your eight giant frogs to hang out with, hey, hello, make camp David. with, make a little pyramid. <laughs> so, and as we have learned from the last them, it's the same ones each time. When you summon <laughs> a panther or a moose, it's the same one yeah, that comes. And they remember yeah, yeah. what happened last like time. That's that. established. That's canon. Yeah. When did we establish canon. that? Last season. In, with which characters? Yeah, it was with Theo. With the, all of Theo's friends. He knew all of them. Oh, they he knew their names friends. always because they are... You're saying yeah. he knew their names because they, the they had one. previously established relationships. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barky. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We, I remember all those, all the wolves. Pixie, Trixie, Nixie, Dixie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Steve. Other things to throw mm-hmm. out there for Zach to to consider, since we do have a established big bad uh, Uber boss possibly in Lady Rania. I, I think some some playing around just to be like well what's to prevent them from just going straight there right so like maybe there are these under generals that that she has um and who would they be is it is it um claws is it uh you know is it somebody fey wildian that are oh, i forgot that, about like claws they have to <laughs> Yeah, David Claus. David Claus. <laughs> David Claus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Claus could make a comeback. Uh, I mean, like maybe there's a, a sprite that did not get along with B- Black Pepper and Cardamom, and you know the other ones like a sort of dark yeah, cilantro. Cilantro, and yeah, General General Pepper, or, uh, General Salt, or whatever. Uh, you know, like a, a dark Feywild crew, I think would be really fun. Or, or just like who are the generals now that. Now that XX has left, you know, she was clearly kind of grooming him to be like a, a lieutenant or whatever. And and now that she has kind of a an end game, I, I, it would be interesting to see, like, who are who are the people that she's like, go and get these people or, you know, you know that sort of thing. Um, other other uh, hanging threads, you feel like you definitely dropped a lot of lore into season five that we haven't fully unpacked. Chris, are there other things you'd like to pursue? I mean, a, a, other big thing about uh, other than the the overall backstory lore with the knights, um, knights of the past and faults, you know, that things that they were not able to accomplish and maybe the falling out of the knights is interesting to me. I unwittedly not not intentionally, but, you know, kind of got into the God thing because I, I had an idea about Aranye. Um from the beginning, but I was like, well, and then I, I knew that the city that they were in was very God heavy and that the main villain was an arch cleric. So I feel like playing with the gods thing is, you know, we, we kind of did that, but, but, but uh, I think it would be kind of fun to play out, um, you know, to uh, the, the, since the world map was, was released and now we kind of have like, here's the world. Um, you have some other areas of the world that we haven't, played in and and um you know since we've kind of dipped into different sections um there are some places that we haven't dipped in there were some places that were teased um in the world this is not thread related or anything like that but and i think it was kind of touched on earlier um the idea of uh the possibility of more of like an urban landscape and time in like cities and towns and stuff but like i think that would be super fun like 
I kind of enjoyed like a little bit of political intrigue or like powerful families or, you know, or warring pie shops. I don't know. But uh, I like the idea of like something that's a little uh, like an environment that's a little more established. Petra's pocket. You guys, I had a whole like plot figured out for season six, but I feel like we need to really explore the library angle. We got to get into the delivery service competition economy. And uh, this whole pie shop uh, war is definitely intriguing me. So I feel like I'm just going to throw out what I was thinking. And we're why did you, really, why did you really come into this into... with actual ideas, Zach? That was your first, <laughs> that was your first. That's, you know, gotta stay open. Gotta stay loose. <laughs> the location of the library that I mentioned was, is in Chesquin. It's an Island. Well, it's kind of a, kind of a peninsula archipelago kind of thing above Boulder bell in the, above the United Kings. And it's a sort of a frigid Iceland kind of place, but there's a, nice library very nice worth visiting there's also a nefarious um sounding and not not very visited place called drazan which has a pretty much burnt it's basically an island a, a big area of land of volcanoes and such and no one really goes there because it's apparently populated with lots of dragons and and dragon folk and dragon people um and it's very dangerous and hot and miserable and there's, a, and there's an area near Velocia that's connected to Valos towards the bottom of the map that's called the Missing Mists. And no one that goes there comes back. <gasps> and there's also Tetrod, the Tetrod Island. Gotta get the Tetrod, you I guys. Like Tetrod, baby! We've barely scratched the surface of Tetrod and all its... We said there was 13 Tetrods, but one of them was named, like... Westchester or something. Do you remember what <laughs> yeah. the other Tetrod was? New Haven. New yeah, Haven. it was like New Haven yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think we gotta bring back the greatest villain the knights have ever known. We gotta we gotta stop that Sozeb. Sozeb is oh, still yeah. out Sozeb. there. He's still out there. Sozeb. Still dangerous. He's still out there. He's joined up with elongated muskrat <laughs> and they're going to Secretly, I would like uh, a uh, you could play around with the Voop to do who became the evil mind flayer that combined animals together. And secretly, I would love to have them run into some sort of elevated animal that got away or never got captured or something. And and they just ran run into I mean, they're they're still out there in the world and maybe they've got out of Marcasia or something. So like some sort of higher power combined um, homebrew animal or creature or monster or something. I think that could be fun to play around with. Just throwing it out there. Giant snake yeah, doodle. <laughs> snake doodle. There was a, a mind flayer wyvern that, that I created, but we never fought. <laughs> um, that was like the mind vern. Yeah. Something, it was basically a wyvern with a bunch of tentacles on his face. Like they was going to like fly mm. down and try to like, that's mind. horrible. When was but, that but supposed up- to happen? Uh, it was supposed to be a, an animal that attacked in while you guys were in the city. And but it just, as you know, I I liked the concept of giving boons um, in some fun way. You know, in season two, it was like, hey, let's go on a quest to find these items. And in season five, I literally had a character named Boone <laughs> who gave dumb boons. So I think Zach could challenge himself. I challenge you to figure out a fun way to be like, is it? You know, like Adventure Zone had Fantasy Costco and, and like what 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 is the 
what is the fun way that we find items that are like fun little temporary things or like we've had creatures that sting people and they give something an, an ability like the chawungas you know the the um you know like little things that you you get something that's like it's an it's a power that you don't normally mm-hmm. have or some sort of thing like i i those are always fun. i hear you and i see you I was just listening to when at some point igneous got point i think it was towards the end of the season when he really needed like something to step things up he became like a mood ring where he would change color based on mood. And that was, that was it. Great. Thank you. The, well, the, the igneous <laughs> moment of when he and lucky had his hot, cold, mm-hmm. like uh power, power grab. That was oddly the fisting incident. God, don't say it. I was trying to avoid that word, <laughs> but you know, and it became a thing and it was, but it was cool. Cause you took that and like, really, you didn't just let go of it. You were, uh, in the final fight, you definitely had moments where you're like, I'm going to hit him with the, the, the cold hand yeah. and I'm going to hit him with this. And it's like, that was, that was fun just to see like how that, um, that came to fruition. And like when coach in season two would, you know, turned into the different animals mm-hmm. with the, uh, mace of switching, it was, it was fun just to see those moments, like where you have this item that's like, aha. Yeah. If you get an ability, whether it's useful or not, like the challenge is immediately like, I have to find an interesting way to use this before it goes away. And those are definitely fun moments. I want Gravely to come up with more trick arrows. (laughs) I do do like coming across magic items or upgrades or whatever. Like it's always fun to have like non leveling up leveling up uh, for your characters. So boons, whatever. Uh, definitely fun. Yeah, I want Gravely to go on, actually go on the black market, and, and or 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 pair up with an artificer like, like a carver and uh, or a biscuit or somebody, you know, just and just to get all these like different arrows that are extremely rare and they only use once, but like maybe you know I have different arrows that have like single spells or something like that. I think that'd be that's something he would probably seek out as an archer. Like I'm gonna up up my my ranger game and like get these cool spell like ranger spells. That's interesting to think about, but also as a support character, he would probably look for spells that enhance other people. Like it'd be like a, an arrow that doesn't necessarily gets shot into one of his teammates, but like maybe it, it, if it gets within a certain range or something, it could give somebody haste or it would, you know, like 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 a support spell, like a additional spell, like in in enlarge or enhance or something like, or uh, in, in, reduce enlarge. I'm thinking in context of like I've got all of these arrows that do incredible damage, and this one arrow I have to shoot into somebody, and it gives them haste. Uh, hey, you stand still. Don't stop moving around. Trust me, this is the right one. <laughs> well, it kind of gives the you know like, do I enhance somebody else with one of my arrows, or, mm-hmm. or also maybe like. You got a bunch of arrows, but I have to roll to see if I actually picked the right one. It's <laughs> like roll for <laughs> random arrow. Like, I don't know what this does. Like all the labels have fallen off. <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't know what it does. <laughs> you accidentally hates the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be fun too. Nice. All right. I like it. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Going to be fun. Uh, I'd love to bring in, bring back David to DM uh, another um, uh, battle royale at some point. If, if mm-hmm. not, maybe he could run one of the one shot kind of things because it mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. All right. Well, I'm excited, everybody. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to an exciting 
season six and revisiting all of our friends and allies and enemies and maybe mind flare wyverns and whatever comes up. Thanks, you all. Yay! Um, Let's do it! Looking forward to it. Now go out. And make life an adventure! adventure.